Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Here we go again. Episode number five, it is now. Um, I've returned from India. Thank you, Kieran, for doing last week. Uh, I've returned with a nice bout of COVID. So uh, that's what I was doing whilst uh, uh, they were all having a lovely time. Um, sorry to have jumped in last time and said hello. I just thought, you know, I was a bit free and I was on UK time. I thought I'd pop in and say hello and then leave them to it. But yeah, wonderful job done. And um, competitions and all sorts we're going to talk about later on uh we have two of the uh well one of the gang and then one uh absolute pro legend joining up from like uh you know it's like when they do them tours in the golf and like one of the absolute masters returns for a game um it's uh yeah you'll see what it is so i i'm obviously ryan freebs all that i never really introduced myself anymore which i think is very arrogant um i come from skegness nice to see you all um and joining me today is uh, a man called steve cory hello steve how are you sir Hey guys, good to be back. Very well, thank you. Yeah, not been much football watching recently, mate. Yes, yeah, just like the rest of you, you know, just engaging myself in some Premier League, and uh, yeah, you know, despite the results, still loving it. Well, I'm glad that you're here, mate, because you can probably set me uh, straight on my sort of uh, issues that I'm having regarding the Premier League. But we'll come to that in a bit. Uh, and then also, uh, someone I've just met. Uh, what's her name? Lisa Fox. Nice to meet you, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I, I don't really believe the little line on the test. It was very faint, but anyway, uh, it is what it is. And uh, it's, it makes you feel like you're part of society when you've had it, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, Lisa's here. Steve's here. Um, the others are just doing things. They're off doing stuff. So that's the beauty of having the wonderful squad we have. Uh, We're going to be discussing uh, the past two games. We've had two games since we last podded, and that is uh, well, it's a cracking couple. Um, I was telling my other half was doing the pod tonight, and she went, oh, it's the autopsy. Uh, which is what we're probably going to call this uh, pod in many different ways. Not to be downbeat about it, because let's face it, you can go many directions. You can go, oh, bloody hell. No one likes losing 6-0. No one likes losing at home. Uh, but I think there's a lot more behind both of them. Uh, so, uh, do you know what? I think we'll do it the uh, the chronological order. So, uh, was it last Sunday? I've got to say, I didn't see a lot of the game because I was drinking heavily. Um, so, I really don't remember a lot about it other than going, oh, it's not a bad second goal. I was very pragmatic. Um, Steve, um, Tottenham Hotspur at home. Uh, for me, what I do remember of it and what I saw in match of the day, it was one of them that was a, it's a home loss. Did I expect us to beat him? Probably not, but I took more from it that we looked like we we're giving a good go. Um, without trying to mention Man City too much, how did you feel uh, during and post Tottenham Hotspur at home? Yeah, good question. Post, you know, I was the, the overriding word was proud. Because I just thought we applied ourselves brilliantly throughout the game. Yeah, we're learning. Um, again, people, you know, um, make reference to who we were playing against, as in the forward, you know, one of the best number nines in the world. And then we rock up against one of the best number nines in the world on Wednesday night as well. But um, yeah, you know, despite the anomalies at the back and whatever, I thought we were really, really good, really competitive and I don't know whether it was tactical by Tottenham and and um, the uh, the Italian whose name escapes me, Conte. Um, but I don't know whether they sat back on purpose mm. and tried to counter us. But um, yeah, we almost ran the game at times. And yeah, we you know we got undone by by a world class striker. But yeah, without waffling on, I was really proud, and I could see already 
uh, who the lad I co-commentated with, Luke Savage, made a great point. He says, for me, he said, you could see what's been going off on the training ground. He says, with that front three, the way they were linking up. Um, and he said, they must be really putting some some hours in on the training ground. But yeah, yeah, I was 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 really enthused by Sunday's performance. Not the result, obviously, but yeah. Well, I'm glad you said about the defence because I didn't know if it's because I was about 12 double Jack Daniels down that I thought, God, they've got about five at the back all the time in the middle. And it thought, oh, bloody hell, they're hard to break down. And I heard it said afterwards that the difference was if Forrest had Harry Kane, which I know sounds like a ridiculous statement to make, but we'll talk later on about a number nine and a striker that Forrest have sort of become uh, in some ways. And, uh, the, you know, the talk of maybe departures and stuff, which I don't think we should probably be getting rid of because I think someone who can hit that target is a, is a major thing. Um, Lisa, you know, on that on that basis, you know, if Forrest did have a Harry Kane or let's say a striker of uh, that kind of ilk or even a few ilks below, Ilkeston comes to mind for some reason. Uh, would you, uh, do you think that would have been a different result? Was it just a striker missing or do you think Tottenham, we played into their hands by the way that they kind of played in a way? Because I don't think Forrest were bad at all. No, Forrest were not bad at all on Sunday. They um, they dictated play for, for the majority of the game. Um, and I was very impressed with Lingard. I was very impressed with um, Morgan Gibbs-White. I thought he, they basically ran the show. Um, Jesse had his best game in a red shirt. Um, and got, got to give another massive big up to Lewis O'Brien. He was just all over the shop again. Um, just fantastic. He just he has just fitted in like he's he's always played for us. Um, and I think Harry Kane does what Harry Kane does best. He creates himself that little pocket of space and Tottenham know where to put the ball. And it was that simple that both of their goals came from simple balls to him. And it, it's, it's not, he's not going to miss. Um, we also need to speak about the fact that Henderson saved a penalty again at the uh, at the Bridgeford end. Um, and, and when Kane stepped up to take it, I actually said to my sister, he doesn't miss many. Watch this. And it was a fantastic save. And, um, you know, it's what, it was one of those games Sunday. It was loud and proud. We didn't stop singing. They got clapped off at the end. And after a 2-0 defeat in previous seasons, that wouldn't happen. So I was I was just, yeah, like, like Steve said, loud and proud and um, really chuffed that we'd competed and that you'd have taken a 2-0 loss, 100%. Um, and it was always going to be a difficult match. And I'd said two weeks ago, if you'd have said to me, at the end of August, we'd have four points from the five matches, we'd be happy. And I'm still happy. Yeah, it's it's because uh, again, let's try and keep Man City out of our minds a little bit because it, I think it would uh, naturally sort of make you potentially look at. Uh, it wasn't take away from what happened at Tottenham. Let's put it that way because that was that day. It never should, you know. It's uh, it's like the Titanic, even though we know it ended. It did a lot of nice sailing before it twatted into that ice. Um, sorry if anyone lost anyone on that. I'm sure we've probably got over that. <laughs> <laughs> I always say about marriages and stuff. People go, oh, you but you ate you with your wife. Well, well I did marry her once because I quite liked her, but um, <laughs> I don't know how that's gone to that. Uh, but on that day, you, like you said, there was a lot of good. Nick, Nicker Williams is looking wonderful. Um, I think Ryan Yates is... I, Again, I'm trying not to mention other games with it because I think City was a different kettle of crabs, but I think there's a lot of people who must be going, I hated that Ryan Yates in the championship, and now he's actually looking like, you know, he's, he's stepping up in the Premier League. It is. No, like I say, O'Brien looks wonderful. Um, I do have a few doubts about some of the centre-back stuff going on and obviously controversial opinions as we threw into the uh, into the mix last time I was doing the pod. Um, 
you know, what really was going on with Cook and what was going on with McKenna with stuff that's with those bits. There's a naivety. And I think it was uh, Cooper saying post-Man City, you do realise even more and more, and it was a bit worrying that he was saying it, but I guess it's a learning curve for him. The tiniest mistakes get absolutely whacked in this league. And that's a massive difference with it, isn't it? And Kane, I think that first goal in particular, he hit it so early. I think Henderson, I think well, one more touch and he's gone. And Henderson actually took a step to his left. All oh, right. Kane, Kane saw that and capitalised on it. Henderson just moved slightly and Kane hit it. And, and he, he, I mean, he didn't even move Henderson. Um, but unfortunately, the ball took a really crappy ricochet off Lewis O'Brien's leg mm. and fell right into Harry Kane's hands, feet. Um, and, um, and that was that was one nil after five minutes and it kind of stunned us, but not to the point where, you know, the, the fans just lifted again and, and fan, the fans have just been incredible. Yes. Yeah, you might've heard, I say it almost every week, Steve, since we started this season that I said, and even pre-season, I think the the city grounds worth about potentially 15 points, maybe more this season. Obviously we want it to be 12 at least, and then get moving up from there. Uh, but I think the raw with the Henderson save and then running down the other end and everything, it was even in my absolutely inebriated state was like, Oh, you know what I mean? It was wicked. So, um, the, the thing is, there will come a point, and maybe this is best discussed in post um, the Etihad, that the good efforts and the we're trying to do it will only get you so far before you've gone down on four points. So we, you know, I like to think we're fair on this podcast. We'll always look at it both ways. And if I get ahead of myself, Steve will try and pull me back to planet Earth a little bit. Um, and we are coming from a league where it's been kind of a different, we haven't got such of the dickens that we've had, especially last night. But um, yeah, I think that's the key things. Newcastle, we didn't turn up, did we? West Ham, we did ride a look at times with it. You know, Everton with spells, we looked great, but other times looked a bit like bloody hell. That Tottenham game looked like we were just peppering Tottenham off. <laughs> I quite liked it. So um, was there anything, again, I almost want to get to City so we can have carte blanche for everything, Steve. <laughs> but as you were on that Sunday, uh, was there anything that you thought to yourself, this isn't a many tweaks off, or do you think he's getting more near a unified side that he knows what to play each week as it was on that game? You know, I actually feel for him because of how many signings have been made. I mean, it's a case of careful what you wish for. You know, you've got poor old Bournemouth, um, who, you know, I believe what it was quoted, they spent, is it 24 million when they've got, you know, 150, 200 to, to blow. And then obviously we're spending it like there's no tomorrow, but then you can only pick 11 players. And then the, the onus is is on the manager to quickly decipher who is his favourite 11 out of those 400,000 that mm. we've signed. And it's like, I feel for him because there's a lot of pressure on him. And it doesn't feel like it, but I'll, you know, from the fans' perspective, but from the outside, if you think about it, I think there's a hell of a lot of pressure on him to make these work. And I'm not saying the owners are saying that, but... Well, it's his first big job in that league, in it as well. If you think about mm. it, three seasons, he's done bloody well, and now he's a Premier League manager. And also, I think you and I and Lisa, probably between us and other people, know these probably aren't all players that Steve Cooper went, I want that man. But his job is to coach them and to get them into the best shape, surely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just, uh, you know, like everybody else, I think like Lisa alluded to with the fans, fans are absolutely outstanding. And, and they, I think they're really pragmatic. They're all sort of saying, well, look, we've got these. And we're all kind of singing from the same hymn sheet. I know you, the point you were alluding to there, Freeves, is like, if we get to 15 games in and we're sort of, yeah, well, great effort, lads, but you're not, then you need to be saying, well, we should be establishing ourselves at some point, picking up points and just staying above water. So for now, obviously too early to call for me, but... Yeah, if we, I think the 15 game mark, I would like to see us uh, establishing some kind of sort of authority in the league, whether that be just 
you know, the lower echelons of mid-table or whatever. But yeah, for now, um, not so much a free hit, but I understand everything that's going on. But it's like we've never been in that league before. It's 23 years out and it's just oh, whirlwind. But mm. another quick one, touching on the fans. I want to get your views on this because I think, you know, like now the, the city ground is, is this cauldron of noise that I don't think any of us have ever seen before. Um, and I don't think it's an act. I think it's a genuine vibe. And I've kind of put it down, so I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. The disconnect between the older fans and the young has gone now. It's like a kind of united fan base, which I think that's 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 my take on it. I, what do you guys think? Might be like COVID as well. We've all been through a unified thing, rich, poor, whatever you are, that in a way... Um, some people have got it for one or two years of sporting for us. Some people have had it for 60, whatever it might be. Where, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lisa, you go way more than me. I mean, how does it feel in there? It sounds incredible for me. And I don't think you can fake that. You know, I don't think you I, can fake that passion. I left the ground last night and um, we came out and there were obviously people chatting around us. And as we walked back towards the car, there were still fans coming out of the Etihad and all you could hear was them singing. And that was our fans. That wasn't their fans. That was our fans. And the noise was incredible. We'd just lost 6-0. And the noise was amazing. When they scored their first goal, we were louder than them. When they scored their fifth goal, we were louder than them. When they scored their sixth goal, we were louder than them. And I, I, I can understand where some of our fans are coming from in the fact that there is a disconnect because they are seeing faces that they haven't seen in that away end before. But the same could be said in the home games, that there are pockets of tickets that are not two season ticket holders. There are pockets of tickets that are on sale to away or to home members. So you are going to have to just suck it up. And those fans who've paid for the memberships basically have paid for the memberships because they want to go and watch the team, regardless of whether they went when we were in League One or not. The club want a unified fan base. They want to be inclusive. Um which is my understanding from people that I've spoken to within the ticket office. And they are trying to make it so that, so that it's fair, whether it is fair or not that the same people are going week in, week out, you know, there are rumors, whatever, but I agree with Steve that actually there is a unification. Um, and I think it just goes from Wembley that Wembley was and, and the back end of last season was just so incredible that we're still riding that wave. And for, for our our era, our age group, and I think we're all probably quite similar in terms of our age, um, we're just thankful to be there. We're And we're not there to make up the numbers. We just want to enjoy the trip because we don't want it to be another 23 years because it's it's horrendous we'll being be in that championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll At least it'll be 70. Well, I think Shut we'll, up! <laughs> we'll be bloody dead. Uh, I think, um, obviously, I always feel slightly out of place because... I don't have a proper Nottingham accent and I'm not a, you know, I'm not, a, I've had three season tickets in my, in my time of Sporting Forest and I have to cling on to my dad being from Stenton and stuff like that to, and being from Skeg where people from Nottingham and Aldi. But I guess my sporting life has always been from afar that I kind of don't see it in the same way people do probably always been, right? And I've seen things recently with celebrity fans and God knows what. And for me, 
it's kind of like this is what this is what Dan always says. Success breeds this kind of shit. Unfortunately, it's where the fact that when you are a successful team, nobody wants to go and see the Phantom of the Opera when Andrew Lloyd Webber sat in his kitchen going, "I've got this song about a bloke with a spooky face." When he's got it on Broadway and stuff like that, people want to go. Do you know what I mean? Success breeds that more want to, and that's just unfortunately what it is, and how the crowd will get bigger. And people, I don't really hold much truck with people going look at this person in the away. And what if that's something they saved up for a week and they want to go? You know what I mean? I I find it a bit inverted snobbery. At times and that's because i'm i guess from distance and still haven't been able to get one for this season but i'm sure some old sweat who's been to all of them will, will knock me down on that but at the end of the day i know if i go i'm going to sing me sing me lungs out and all i want is them lads in red and i know all your players back to you know jack burkett playing bowls with me granddad so do you know what i mean I, I don't make me test what i am to it but even if it is day one for me or even if i gave up tomorrow that's my thing with it in a sense and i think i see a lot of it i agree with you steve i think there is a unity and the city ground has become it's almost like Crystal Palace. It's that bastion of fans. And I'm going to come on to it. Because Man City, Lisa, you won't have seen it. But when they scored, I think, their first, it cut to the crowd. And there's three or four rows of people just going like this, just clapping. No light limbs, no craziness. Which, granted, we're forests. What are we to them in lots of ways? I get it. And to, you know, the people who bought into City since they've had the money and what they have, it's like, who the fuck are these? You know, we've been yeah. out there. To, you, know. you almost feel sorry for them because it's, it's an real. expectation that, that that is what they see week in, week out. And that is their level of football that, you know, they are the they are the premiership holders and they expect it. So it's it's just going through the motions. There isn't a passion. There isn't a. Um, that angered me more than the football. Yeah, I, I, I get and I get that. You know, I mean, when we we obviously were close enough to look at their fans as as there were lulls in, in, in the game. And, and you, you're looking at. Pep and he is going mental on the sideline. You know, they're falling up and he's going mental and making sure that they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing. But their fans aren't trying to G them up. It's it is almost, it is, it's, you know, you don't want to be in a in a fantastic ground like that and playing and just going through the motions every week. But isn't it a bit like if you this this ties in a bit with that Billy Connolly thing where he said he didn't know he was poor growing up because he didn't know rich people, right? Mm. Uh, and there's a similar thing to it with me that if you if that's all you've had and you've eaten the best meats, you don't do you appreciate it in the same way? You know, we've had that taste of the best caviar and the best stuff back in a lot of our youths. Then we've tasted nothing but scraps for quite a long time. So you see it in a slightly different way. I think I was saying this to my other half sports Chelsea, as a lot of you all know, and I was saying that one of the worst places I've been for it was Stamford Bridge when it was coming out at halftime as a League Cup game. We were getting dicks and I had to go at halftime, whatever it was. And the amount of people leaving at halftime with the Chelsea, you know, store bags and quite clearly sometimes foreign voices, God knows what, do, this is not a Brexit bloody immigration comment. It's more the fact of people going to see Chelsea and Arsenal and Spurs as the same they would going to London to see your shows, your Phantom in the Opera year. It's a tourist thing as much as it is that. And the Chelsea Welks, who we were speaking to pre-match, were all like, we can't go ticket in there, mate. It's all priced out for us. Or they don't build that lower Bridgeford. They don't build the flags. They don't build the fours and stuff because that has become a commodity of tourism in a sense, which Man City looked like. And you know, you guys know. Remember when Man City was the Oasis team? It was the Scallywags because United win everything. It's not that anymore. And do they give a shit because they're winning 6-0 and win everything? Probably they don't. And, and ultimately, if we get relegated, but we've been full of pep, no pun intended, would we rather be going down with Steve just sat in the stand going, you roads? I don't know. It's a conundrum. Steve, over to you on that conundrum. It's fans versus this versus reality and passion. And there's so much involved in this. Yeah, I just, I mean, I won't get too bogged down in it, but I just, I just love the new vibe. I just love the noise. And, and a lot of journos have, have made um, reference to it. Um, you know, Henry Winter, especially at the weekend. And um, and I'm just glad that it's 
my perspective, it's not a fake thing. It's 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 kind of like a new and and just all I'll say is long may it continue. Yeah, we're a proper club. Um, going into that, a proper club turned up to play these uh, prawn sandwich eating uh, uh, <laughs> champions of Europe, and we got an absolute dicking uh, by what looked like someone out of Game of Thrones, a Targaryen, as the chief called him. <laughs> Basically. I mean, if anyone had any truck with Joe Worrell not being good enough for X, Y, Z, to be fair, I don't think Clark Kent, when he changed into Superman, would have been good enough because that lad, there's a great picture where he's just like just like snarling, knocking Joe into the moon. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll go with you, Lisa. That was an absolute... Uh, is it a game where you can even knock Forrest anyway? I kind of want to because I think some of it was a basic of 11 versus 11 humans. But was it a case of us being atrocious or did they just absolutely like the touch paper last night? Oh, my life. Oh, my life. You know, it was one of those... That you you knew we were going to lose. You didn't go into it with too much hope. You just wanted it to not be a nine nil drubbing like it was on on Saturday for Bournemouth. Um, and I, on the way there, we were talking about what what we thought might happen. And I said that my concern was that um, Pep had said to them, "You've seen what Liverpool have done. Now go and do better." Yeah, so that. And way. and it's almost it, it almost was that. I think for the first twenty minutes. We were in awe of them and we were like rabbits in headlights, men against boys, however you want to put it. Um, but then and then the damage was done. We were 2-0 down and it was, yeah, this is this is not going to be fun, is it? Um, and I'd said, you know, and, and Jessica always makes me laugh, my my daughter, because she after every goal, even when Forrest scores, she, can we go home now? Every every week without fail. Doesn't matter what what happens. Um, she'll just say, can, can I go home now? Yeah. Um, so when they scored their third, she asked me that question. And I said to her, Jessica, I said to you earlier, we're not here just for the forest today. We're mm. here to watch world-class players like Haaland, mm. like Mares, De Bruyne, Cancelo, everybody. I mean, they are such a well-oiled machine. They are slick. They didn't, and, I, and there's just so much I could, I am just in awe of their team and and Haaland is just a beast. There's nothing else to say on him because, mm. you know, it, it's he just get, gets himself, he kind of goes into, into a pocket of space and then pulls himself out of it. And, and he's got two defenders in a, in a mashup and they're left on their asses and he's he's scoring his third goal of the night. And he didn't do a lot last night in terms of what he, he did, if that makes sense, but he did it really, really well. If that, we didn't even, well. we didn't even give free kicks away. No. And we only got one booking, which was on the 85th minute. And it was almost like they are so slick and so fast and so good at what they do that you just couldn't get near them. And I think we just need to say, you know what? It was a free hit. We didn't really do our goal difference any good, but we expected to get some kind of drub in and now it's done. We will not be the only team that gets dicked 6-0 this season by them. They are just going to get better and better. And it will it will be possibly one of the big four, five, six. I mean, there was a stat that came out last night, Newcastle, um, Arsenal, those, those yeah, calibre of teams that got absolutely twatted last season by City without Haaland in their squad. And they're, 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 <laughs> the thing for, for me, I mean, I had to laugh. They decided to take Haaland off. Yay, cheer, he's going off. De Bruyne is coming off. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you. So there goes Hitler and here comes Stalin. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, Steve, I, I know it's pragmatism of age in some ways. And if you'd got me at 14, I'd have probably been a mardi arse about last night in lots of ways because I don't like to see it. But, and I know my granddad would have been going, a bloody get muck and nettles, get into them, get stuck in all that. 
it's still not lovely watching Forrest get trapped. I mean, I get what Lisa says, and it's like going to see Federer or someone, things like that. Masters of what they do is wonderful to go and see. But did I enjoy watching Forrest get absolutely dicked last night and to the point where I thought, I'm actually, there's nothing from my team here that's showing me. Even when we get a free kick on the edge of the box, it turns into a goal. Um, I'm not being a Mardi ass because I know football comes with losses, but that was bloody painful in lots of ways, wasn't it? It was, and I'm so glad you just mentioned that. So, I mean, out of the six goals, two of them highly avoidable. All right, Henderson, no one's going to berate him for that because he's been like our absolute saviour so far. So he makes a mistake. You know yourself, if you play in goal, you make a mistake, it's a goal. <laughs> um, but that's that's one you could chalk off. That one at the end, the sixth, I, if I was a manager, I'd have had Dennis off straight there because... <laughs> The lack of effort he put into that free kick, it was just like, yeah, yeah, they'll, tr- they'll just kind of flick it at the wall and see what happens. I'm like, I'd be, get off now. I'd play with 10 men. Yeah. And the fact, salt in the wound, that they went up and scored, I was, oh, I was about to smash my TV in. Yeah. I was incensed by it. Um, and I'm hoping Steve Cooper was because that is disgraceful for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the context of things, he might have thought, well, fuck it, we're 5-0 down, whatever. Yeah, but that's unforgivable for me. So perhaps, you know, in hindsight, you could have chalked off two of them goals. We might have, been, you know, lost 4-0, but well, with their armoury, we might have lost. <laughs> yeah, but when does it become that? Because like, if you lose 3-0 for me, that's you, that's a comfortable win. But we all know when we've been on the, if you're 2-0 up, that's, oh God, a goal back. 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. I just didn't want to see 7 for some reason because I think it's because of us beating Wednesday 7-1 back in the past and all that. 7s mm-hmm. was going to a different level, but then 6 is still shit. Um, also, also sorry, you've got to remember, they also hit the post in the first half. Oh, yeah. And Henderson made two or three really good saves that kind of kept us, it, <laughs> kept us in it, but out of it. Um, that make, that could have made it a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but actually, they only had nine shots on target. Yeah, I saw that. And the percentage, I just thought at the possession at the start was like, bloody hell, it's going to be like 90 yards. Oh, we'll get them at home. We'll get them at home. I don't know when we've got them next. But Thank God we haven't got to play them again. Well, I mean, yeah, that's it, actually. You know, at least some teams, uh, if anyone's listening to this, haven't got them in the League Cup. Ah, Chelsea. Uh, anyway, so here we've got Tottenham. So it would just be a repeat of that anyway. Um, so let's let's bring a little bit of sunshine. One of my favourite things on the internet at the minute is, it's not actually really a favourite thing, but the actor Richard E. Grant very sadly lost his wife, uh, I think, last year. And one of the things he said to her before she passed away was to try and get a little bit of pocket of happiness out of every day that you can. And whether he fails or does it or not, it's kind of a quite an inspirational thing to me all the time. So let's try the very best we can and you can dip a bit more in the Spursy pocket, Steve, or you can dip a bit more into the uh, the Man City pocket if you want. Give me your little pocket of happiness uh, for the last two games uh, going into, let's not mention the game that's coming up too much, but let's go with your little pocket of happiness from two defeats and eight goals against. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, I think, and Lisa made reference to that at the start. You know, he just makes a real difference. When he's on the ball, something happens and his body shape and whatever, and things open up. So, yeah, Morgan Gibbs-White, for me, made a big difference. I was like, ooh, with this guy in the side, we stand a chance of, of scoring goals or at least creating goals. So, yeah, that's that's my pocket of happiness. So, in Steve's pocket of happiness is Morgan Gibbs-White. Lisa, uh, you got the angriest face in the world, I was about to ask you. Uh, what's your little pocket of happiness from the two defeats? I, I, that was my thinking face. <laughs> oh, we obviously haven't spent a lot of time together. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, go so, what's your... My little paper? pocket of happiness. I'm torn between two. Oh, let me guess. It's not Brennan Johnson. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's my pocket of a controversial opinion still. still think he's way short. Anyway, go on. 
I'm going to go with my little pocket of happiness being Nico Williams. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has been pretty fantastic. Um, was our best player on the park yesterday. Um, had a pretty torrid 45 minutes in the first half with Foden. Um, but kind of did did all right. You know, I know it wasn't... It's <laughs> It's not kind of the best game to kind of give him praise because ultimately he's part of that defence that shipped six goals. But he tried I know you don't get points for trying and I know I'll get slated for saying it um but he shows that he is class he shows he can compete and I think it'll be very interesting to see England versus Wales in the World Cup oh, I think we know which side we'll probably all be on so uh, Steve you might miss us doing it but we do do the controversial opinion which so far has had I think Joe Worrell's not good enough and Brendan Johnson isn't as good as people think he is uh you don't have to go that far but out of those two games is there any grumbles things that uh, apart from Dennis with a free kick that's just got you a little bit like uh, bloody hell Forrest you know I know you'll be pragmatic but I'm just wondering um you know what usually it's, it's Johnson and I, I fell foul of this last season where he once he disappear in games he'd just go very quiet Gotcha. And there was a lot of the time where I'd be going, oh, I'll take him off now, I'd take him off. And then as soon as I've said that, he'll pop up with an amazing assist or a goal. Um, so my grant would just be to try and, whether it's to get him more involved or for him to be more involved, but he does go quiet a lot. Mm. Um, but then again, you have to factor in his age. I mean, he's, he's just, you know, a babe in the wood in the Premier League. So I don't want to go on the, you know, the the attack. But yeah, if it's, it's not criticism, it's an observation. And... You know what? Anything I think that we think, whatever you guys think, the fans think, I think whatever we're all kind of thinking, for once we've got a manager who you know is actually thinking about these things himself and addressing these things. So I'm sure that's on his remit. Oh, I'm sure. And, and I'm sure, as I've said, oh God, didn't have the voice to do it with this sort of podcasting we do. I don't believe, I mean, there will be some, there will be some people will be messaging in saying this straight away, that many players go on that pitch thinking I'm going to do shit whether it's an ego, whether it's I'm going to show me mum, I'm going to show me uncle who didn't believe in me, whether it's I want to get out of this club. Most people don't go on there trying to be crap. I used to say that a lot about um, when we had Matt Mills and he was getting dogs abused. It's like, that bloke's got a family and stuff. He doesn't go on there being bad. Uh, I still still stand by my point with Brennan that the less time he has to think, the better he is. When he has more time to think, I think that's when he fluffs. But anyway, Lisa, have you got any grumbles of the last two? Um, I, I, Brennan last night, I mean, Morgan, I think Morgan only had about four touches um Frula probably three touches so our, our front there was just nothing and I think <laughs> my grumble yesterday was actually that the starting 11 was wrong um it looked very very scrap it looked very very strong on paper but the ball just didn't stick at all um and you needed somebody that the ball will stick to um and I actually think if I go back to the Tottenham game had Surridge come on rather than Dennis and Teo, we might have actually got something out of that game. Mm. You know, um, sorry to interrupt. Do you know, I've just been thinking about something. You know, in the Tottenham game, Kane's goal. While we were talking about it. Yeah, the first one, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) The first one, I kept thinking Saturday, I thought that reminds me of a goal that Forrest conceded. And I was racking my brains and I just remembered it. And while we were on, I just caught up the YouTube of it. And it is identical and another cracking striker Robbie Fowler and I've got the date February 4th 1995 City ground he was Fowler scores an equaliser against Forest after Collymore put us 1-0 it's it is in the exact same spot as where Kane scored 
and he does exactly the same thing. He scuffs it and it goes in exactly the same corner. I thought, kind of, you know, world class finishing. Yeah, they just, I don't know, sorry, that just popped. I thought, where have I seen that? So there it is. So Google it, kids, have a look. <laughs> or if you're lucky enough to not be older like us and you don't remember these horrors, or though I don't know, they were good things anyway. In fact, I'm going to come to that in a minute after I've just, uh, it's obviously transfer deadline day, uh, which. Some like, some hate. I mean, personally, I'm going to come to this gripe near the end about my relationship with the Premier League this time around. But Forrest have got a big willy. Uh, so as for all you carry-on fans out there, oh, <laughs> business. But we have signed Willie uh, Bowley from uh, Wolves. Um, I think, let me see if I can, this is some really bad things to do on a podcast, but let's see if I can find a message from me, mate Stuart, who's a Wolves fan. Because I said to him, he's always mocking me a little bit and saying, oh, you know, you've signed a thousand bloody players and all that business. But um uh, let me have a look. Let me have a look. He looks a massive defender. And do you think he's coming to replace in the near Carty for the, the time being, Lisa? Or is this somebody who you think Forrest are actually going, you know, we could do with him in here now? To be fair, I know absolutely nothing about him. Um, is he quick? Uh, let me see. actually, let me let me go back to very tall. He's massive, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. is he quick? Because that is actually what we're missing at the back. Yes, you're um, right. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've, I, I don't care how tall you are. I, mean, <laughs> right now. Fine, I just want to know if you're quick. Um, <laughs> you're right, because that is have the we got one a quick willy or a slow willy? That's yeah. all I want to know. What <laughs> a big willy. I mean, that's all we know. Uh, willy talk. Uh, well, I asked Stuart, and he's, he's Stuart's been a Wolves fan, the same age as me, so back in the day. He said he's a mountain of a defender. He was amazing when we were promoted and he's done really well. Doesn't fit a back four that well and he's the wrong side of 30. He's put just like all of us, wink. Uh, but I think he'll do really well in a back five if that's how you set up. He's a beast in the air. Broke his leg a couple of seasons ago when Kilman came in. Hasn't looked to, hasn't looked in since then. And he's put credit to Bowley. He wants to move to even get his place in the starting 11. He'll win everything in the air on his day apart from against our new striker who's six or seven. Bit of Wolves talk there for you. Um, and Stuart's one of them who I trust on it. You know, He's not one of them. No, you know what I mean. So uh, that's all right. From a bloke from Sheffield, this puts Wolves. Um, big old strong defender. We, uh, do you know? What? I think more than anything, I thought this when we've um, got in the left back lad from uh, Atletico. When you looked at his stats for how many games he's playing the Champions League, playing for Brazil, I think that is the thing. You know, Ryan Yates has what, five games in the Premier League. Joe Warrell, you know that experience. As Steve Cooper said, Steve, you got to agree with that one. You need that mixture you know you can't we have decimated our team in lots of ways haven't we um but at the same time that experience is key isn't it yeah and i said uh, i forget who i said it to i think it might have been aaron at bbc i said that if you you know even if we signed 200 players and like the most experienced players in the world that still wouldn't guarantee us sort of putting in those before i think just the rare situation we're in because we've been out of it for so long i think it's just going to be a battle through it season um, any which way you can. But yeah, I mean, if you get players like Lodi on board, then then you stand a great chance, don't you? But uh, Not it's going to be a that post of the header, Steve. Um, oh, 2-1, I was thinking that could have been, got that header yeah. last night. But... Yeah, could have, you know, could have, could have, could have uh, just softened the blow a bit in the end. But um, I mean, it's his first game and I'm glad they put him straight in because, you know, then hopefully he's going to be uh, hitting the ground properly running against Bournemouth. Yeah, Toffolo's not been awful, awful though, Lisa. You don't think it's like they're going, hold on, you know, Williams is injured and whatnot, but Toffolo must be going a little bit. And I'm going to watch your face here because no one can see on the pod. There must be a few players in that Forest squad going, why did you sign me? Or why am I here? Go on, Lisa, now comment. I think with Toffolo, he he was a little bit hard done to because he's not put a foot wrong. Um, and I'm r- r- ruling, kind of ignoring the fact that Newcastle happened because I think everybody kind of was rabbit in the lights for that game um, to start off with. But I think since then he, he hasn't done very much wrong. And actually when he came on last night, he did 
want to compete he didn't want the ball he wanted to, you know he was showing himself even though we were four five nil down at the time um but we all know as a as forest fans that when we made those two signings that the that it was we, we wanted O'Brien and and he came as part of the package mm. um where he will fit in once um Omar Richards is fit is a little bit more kind of concerning and and we are signing a lot of players and we can only have a 25 man squad so you know I'm not aware as it stands right now at whatever time it is transfer deadline day that anyone's left that anyone's gone out um so there are going to be some unhappy people but I think the the mentality is likely to be from the Greeks you are a coach you choose your 25 go and coach them and and Coops has got to do his job and, and he is a fantastic coach and he has got his players. He has got some, like you guys have said already, that probably aren't his players. Um, and they might it might well be that they're, they're in for the future or that they're in to shore things up this season to um, make make us competitive in the, in the league that we're in. Um, and then we go again. And I just think it's going to be an interesting season and and it will it will define Coops's career to some degree, because it's his first time in the Premiership, that if if he keeps us up and let's say we finish 10th or 11th, 12th, something like that, that is actually a really, really good season. I'll take at, that all day, right? <laughs> I mean, I'll take... Exactly. I'll take 17th. I've said that from the start. I will take 17th. I can't I think, all, take, I think we all would. I think this league's been weird already. I, I said at the start of it that I think it's a stronger league than last year because of Watford and Burnley and that going the teams that are come up with us are probably stronger in a way. I don't know, we'll talk about Bournemouth in a minute, but um, I'm at the minute I keep thinking, well, Southampton, yeah, they'll be maybe, and then they'll get a bloody result against Chelsea. And then you're thinking bloody hell, the teams that we're, even at this stage, I'm looking at them games and thinking we are in a mini league. We're in a mini league of, but who, yeah. I don't know who the hell with, because Brighton are my, you know, they're looking right. Then Leeds, you know, it's a funny one. And I'm, do you know what? I'm going to get my thing out of the way and then we'll come and end up with Brighton. And, uh, but, Bournemouth, sorry, I'm living here bright. Um, uh, we'll get Bournemouth out of the way at the end. So, so my, my thing with it is at Wembley on the steps, and I've said this before, I was going like, you know, it hasn't really sunk in. Forrester at Wembley, and we all had chats before, didn't we, on God knows what podcasts and online. And I said, well, it'll hit me when I'm there with my dad. And it did, it did a little bit, but not probably the way I still thought it would. When we scored, maybe because I thought the goal didn't know where it'd come off, I was a bit like, oh, and maybe this is something that's died in me, but even when, when we won, obviously it's an emotion like none other, but did it feel the way I expected it? And the point I'm going to make here for some of you to maybe comment on afterwards as well, maybe there's a documentary in this, is the expectation. Now, some of you might have been one or two, three years. Some of you might have um, only been supporting Forest since League One and stuff like that. So this is obviously like night and day. But when you sort of started in the Premier League, and Steve and Lisa, I know you'll completely understand what I'm on about with this. That comes so long that you become almost conditioned to the championship in a weird way and the things you used to. And you're seeing Preston playing on a Tuesday night, and you're going, Oh, yeah, I'm used to that. And it's kind of become, even though I've longed for the Premier League for so long, I've kind of felt, even since we've been up and the, I've seen those on Match of the Day and the tree and all that business, and I've seen us spoke about on every bloody thing in the world about our signings and God knows what, and media is different and the world is different and social media. I, at the minute, I still have a really weird, and it's not because of six nil pining for the championship, and I, I, and obviously it's bat batshit crazy to say because all we've wanted is to be out and here, and I've sneered at the Premier League for decades and gone bloody old diving about and the VAR and all that, and I knew that was inverted snobbery. So none of this is saying I want us to get relegated. I do not, but do I miss a lot of it? And do I miss the th- the bit where I'm sort of going? I don't know what our level is. Um, 
I don't know if I need Lisa and Steve to now sort of say, it's okay, Freebs, this is your therapy. Or if you understand any of that feeling, or if you think I'm just batty, Steve Corey, save me, sir. <laughs> um, I think you are a little bit institutionalised, really. Yeah, I mean, as we all are. But do you know what? I, I looked at some championship games this week and I thought, I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I haven't looked at enough games. I just thought, I don't want to go back to that. I've had 23 years of of League One and Championship. I, without waffling, because I always do, what I would say is I, I've just got this feeling that if, if we can survive this season, I think the building on and off the pitch, uh, a la the new stand and the improvements to the ground, I think the club will be on an upward trajectory. But this first step of the, of the ladder, the first rung is, wow, it's so difficult. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go back. No, can I reiterate again before I get dogs abuse? I don't want to go back. I just almost missed that old house that smelled of shit. That's all. Uh, Lisa, what about you? Are you happy in the new house or do you still feel a bit uncomfortable in the clothing? So I can remember probably 15-ish years ago. Do you know um, what? Sorry, this is just like Uncle Albert. During the war. I'm going to say, should I do the Hovis advert music? <laughs> Maybe. Manchester City in a League Two playoff final with Nicky Weaver in goal against Gillingham. Yeah. And he saved the winning penalty and they got promoted to League One and then got promoted to the Championship and then got promoted and purchased by the guys that own them now. And he threw money at them. And their house is a lot bigger than ours. Um, And for me, they are 15 years further down their journey than we are we're starting out with a little two-bedroom dormer bungalow and we need to build and we need to um consolidate I guess is the best thing you know we 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 have a level of expectation that as forest fans we have always had um I think we being the generation that we are almost <laughs> felt like we'd been hard done to yeah yeah we were probably 23 years spending the 23 years in the championship uh, and League One, and we don't want to go back there. So we, I get exactly where you're coming from because we've almost lost our comfort blanket. And part of the excitement of being a Forest fan over the course of the last few years has always been trying to get promotion yeah. or staving off relegation. If you're in the middle, you're having a mess season because you're not you're not playing for anything. Whereas now, because the league's a bit smaller and because every week it's a big team, it doesn't matter who you're playing, it's a big team, you're, you're almost in that realm of we we need points, we need to be with the big boys, but mm. we're not yet there. And we're, it's, it's that whole, you know, when you're a, a year six at school and then you go to year seven, you're in with the big boys and you're back at the, in that little, you know, you're the small fish again. You're small yeah, fry. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I get um, you. Yeah, that's what we said at the start, wasn't it? It's day one at big school and now we've got... Day one at big school. And that is exactly what it is, that we are a month into that big school and we're doing all right. We just had and, a kick, you know, lost all our tuck shop money. Of course we have. Of course we have. Well, <laughs> we we're not, not quite yet. We, well, we might have... We might have spent all that tuck shop money by uh, by eleven o'clock tonight. Um, it's really funny analogies. I think before, whenever it's come, we've come back to the Premier League. We've just come down and come back up, right? Generally, always, and it was almost like 
you know, you, you know how the shoes feel, you know how the uniform fits. And it's like you go and you'd come back. I don't know if it's going to be a school and as your relationship on this one, but it's kind of like you just came back and, you know, say you fell out with somebody, you got a new girlfriend, you're like, oh, she's all right. She's about as good as your other one. It's been so long that I feel it's almost like I've been in a marriage for ages and now I've got to go dating again. That's what it feels like. It feels like to get that 15 years down the line, it's like, do you know what? Would I rather just sit and eat some chips in my front room? And it's and it sounds so depressing with it. And I know I'm excited. And actually when Champ Foot Match Today is on and people are talking about the Premier League and they go, oh, Forrest. I genuinely am so chuffed that we're there and no one will ever take away that 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 urge for it. I think it probably just says more about my energy levels and the fact I've got COVID that I'm going, oh, bloody hell, I can't be asked with, but I can. And it's, and it's you know, look at all the stuff that we do and chat together and stuff like that. So um, feel free if anyone wants to start a therapy group with me on, uh, I've been in the championship too long, uh, <laughs> therapy sessions with Reeves. Uh, I'm more than happy to listen to you. But let's be positive because we could be Scott Parker sat at home with a stripe on our arm on our, uh, well, at least I think the guy kind of got himself sacked in some ways, but that's for another podcast. Um, I would argue that that team got relegated. Bournemouth uh, weren't good enough for the Premier League, were too good for the Championship. There's the Gulf and then came back up and rightly, in a way, he said they're not spending any money. So you could argue that that could be one of the ones we've got to go for as it, you know, a wounded animal in a sense. Steve Corey with a, my best sort of Alan kind of, the way he used to do this was wonderful. Is it a six-pointer on Saturday? You took the words out of my mouth. It is. For me, for me, it's must win. Mm. And I know that people say, well, you plank, like we're only five games in or whatever. For me, it is because you get seven points on the board already now. It just gives you that bit of breathing space. So um, no one would admit to that. No manager in the world would admit to it. But me personally, definitely six-pointer and 100% for me, in my opinion, a must-win game. Now, to add on to that, uh, we'll... Oh, no, we'll do, we'll do the predictions in a minute. Uh, Lisa, if... So, is Man City, you know, we've been on about the attitude in the fans and it's been like, oh, you know, he's a mutant up front and it's 6-0. If Forrest lose at home, because I have seen some numpties going on about Cooper going, and God knows what, but come on, let's 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 just grow up a little bit here. Uh, if Forrest lose at home to Bournemouth, and this isn't off the back of my moroseness about the championship, I'm just... It's, there's three results that can happen, right? Um do you think there's a little bit more pressure? I mean, we'll, do you, or do you think even if Forrest, the worst happened, they went down Steve Cooper's staying? Or are they two completely different worlds and questions for you there, Lisa? Two different worlds. And I think nobody will be putting the pressure on Cooper more than Cooper. Correct, yeah. Um, because he wants this as much as we do. Um, and so, yes, it is a six-pointer. Yes, it is a must-win game. Um, and I don't see any reason from what I've seen how we play so far giving you know forgetting about it yesterday um why we at home we shouldn't actually be competing and definitely put in a couple past the cherries well there we go uh we're on that basis um let's have your predictions then steve cory let's have your predictions for nottingham forest versus bournemouth on saturday one nil forest oh he's gone for a one any prediction on scorer steve yeah or was that not really, i love to redo scores but, but... um ooh. No, because I've got no idea who he's going to go yeah. with. From- <laughs> <That's what laughs> it could be um, A, B, or C team. Which one are you playing? Uh, yeah. Uh, Lisa Fox, score. 2 1 Forest. Oh, thank God she didn't say that. I'm going 2 0. I'm going 2 0 Forest. Even uh, more always scores. End of. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. I think Gibbs White's going to get one. Um, he's going to get off the mark. It's going to be 2 0 for me. Um, uh, Lisa, we've got to mention the uh, competition. Because uh, last week uh, we had a competition to get the score right for a Tottenham game. And if it was a draw, we had an attendance 
nearest to as well. So I think uh, no one won that. So it's going to be the same. Um, so yeah, that bit's fine. Uh, are we doing this on um, comments underneath on this one? Yeah, if people can comment on our podcast link with their score prediction for uh, the game on Saturday against Bournemouth and um, also their attendance, um, we had we had no answer. Nobody actually said that Tottenham would beat us 2-0 last week. So I loved the positivity that actually came in because yeah. everyone thought we would get something out of the game. Um, so ask, we want the score and we want your attendance. And if we have lots of people that comment on the fact that the score and get that right, we will go with the closest attendance too. Um, and we have a, a fantastic prize up for grabs that's been donated. Don- yeah, I can't even speak. Donated. Donated by Great British Outdoor Fires at GB Outdoor Fires on Twitter. Um, they, they have donated as one of their um, forest bottle openers. Um, they do a lot of other things as well. They've got some fire pits on offer at the moment, which um, given the fact that it's going to get colder and times are going to get tougher, might be a good actually investment. So I'm going to have a Nottingham Forest fire pit available for this winter coming to you now. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Indeed. Why not? Um so yeah, go with it. Yeah, we'll do a designated tweet for that. So we'll do one with a pod and then we'll do a very much competition one and you can do it to that. Uh, but if you do put it into this one and the tweet, whatever, we'll look it up, we'll find you. Um, that's about it. So uh, yeah, so Steve, not uh, not I think it's the first time I spoke this season, mate, uh, but on hmm. terms of the pod, we will see you again soon for your level-headedness and your, uh, if I agree with Steve, I feel like I'm a grown-up. Um, <laughs> like Lisa says, we're not all a million miles apart. Uh, go safe, my brother, and I will speak to you again soon. And Lisa, I will probably speak to you on the radio soonish again if they want me back at all but uh thanks for listening everyone um yeah um enjoy the premier league apparently it's a thing that people do and uh you reds you reds, you reds. You reds.